We're going to go deeper into our study of the Gospel of Thomas found in uh, this. You could get this on Amazon. It's called the Gnostic Bible, and it's the uh, whole translation of the Coptic text that we found in 1945 of Gospels and other writings written around the same time as the original Gospels. In the early church, there was a little bit of diversity, uh, as we have in Christianity today. A lot of Christian uh, traditions worship Christ or experience Christ in unique and different ways. But back then, they didn't really like that diversity because they wanted to consolidate uh, the church into, you may have, we see it today, into one Catholic church. They just wanted one tradition. And you all remember in the Reformation in the 1500s, we broke that tradition as Protestants because we, we were going back to our roots, back to early Christianity, which was a kind of proto-Orthodoxy as it was forming. So today we're just going to open up the Gospel of Thomas and look a little bit deeper to see the full spectrum of Christian thought around, that uh, existed before 300, uh, 300 A.D., so we're really in the early written uh, Gospels about Jesus Christ. And in today's text, we're going to discover something. And this is what we're going to discover. We're going to look at this. So let me ask you, before we dive in, how do you get healthy? Do you just go, oh, I'm healthy. All of a sudden, magically, I'm healthy. It's not, is it an accident? No. Hopefully we are born well and good, but even that requires someone to keep themselves healthy, the mother holding the baby. To be healthy, one must work to keep themselves in shape. They must eat good foods. They must practice self-care. They must learn to live a balanced life. If you don't, the body will tell you. It'll remind you. It'll start to wear down, and you'll feel its effects physically, spiritually, and emotionally. How does one become smart? You just, oh, this, how, sometimes I used to do this when I was a kid. I would just pray that God would, you know, through osmosis, put the information in my brain. It never worked. The way, how does one become smart? They start off in school and they work their way through all the years of curriculum, homework, and assignments in order to understand society, history, math, and all the skills you'll need to function adequately in our world. How does one have financial security? You just pray and God puts the money in the bank? No. After school, someone learns a trade or a skill so that they have a means of supporting themselves and their families. Or some go off to college so that they can work in fields that will inevitably provide them the income they need to sustain their everyday lives. How do you be a, become a good parent, a good spouse, a good caregiver? You take care of your home. You take care of your family. And you provide an environment of love, learning, and good communication. All of which require intentional awareness of that aim. How does one grow and become adept at anything? Ellie, you just picked up the guitar and it just, you just played, right? It was so easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but 
But I bet she put hours of work into that. And that's how somebody grows and becomes more skilled at something. They put in the work. They take time to focus. And they take inventory of how they are spending their greatest assets. Which are? What's the three things that you have absolute control over for the most part? Time, your resources, and energy. Every human being has those three things. The way we spend those three things, our time, our resources, and our energies, will determine the course for just about all of us. There is no way around it. There's no get-rich-quick scheme to healthy growing. In order to learn, you have to put in the work. In order to be healthy, you have to put in the work. In order to be good, in order to be happy and whole, you have to do the work. So today we're going to talk about how to grow spiritually and see how Jesus taught us to live whole lives, healthy on the outside, but most importantly, Jesus deals with the realm of the inside how we can develop our minds, how we can grow our spirits, and how we inevitably get to that destination we're hoping for, eternal life. For many Christians, spirituality has looked like you get baptized, you go through the confirmation course, you attend church when you kind of feel like it, but you make sure to go on Christmas and Easter. And you check off that box. Yeah, I'm a Christian. That's what my parents were, and that's what their parents were. That's why I am that. But let's be honest with ourselves. That is just about all most Christians do. Maybe they include a Bible study here and there. But fewer and fewer people are signing up to take part in those things. Today, as we see here in our own country, and much of the Western world, Christianity is in decline, and I know why. I see it on Facebook, I see it on the news, I see it locally. The church, in its struggle to remain relevant in a changing world, has landed on new ambitions that have to do more with attracting new members and donors than it does with its original goal. Today, in this short passage we're reading from the Gospel of Thomas, we will see that the goal is clearer than we've ever had it. We will see that this reading in this book, in this book, actually lines right up with our Gospels that we have in our pew. And it will directly focus on Jesus' teaching and show us what he was really getting at. What was Jesus really getting at? Every Christian should know, but we don't. What he's trying to get us to understand is how does one grow spiritually? So much so that they are born again. So much so that their minds are renewed. And they behave like people not of this world. Not of your original parents. But you start behaving like children of the living father and the living mother. The Holy Spirit. Just as I stated before, in order to be healthy, in order to be successful, in order to be educated, in order to grow, one must do the work. Jesus never sought to take on the work of growing for us. 
He came to teach us the way to a healthy spiritual life. And we see this firsthand right here in a gospel that was written around the same time. Some even some people believe that it was one of the primary documents used to create Matthew and Luke because it has no narrative. It just tells Jesus' teachings, like the book of Proverbs. And here's one of those teachings. It's in the eighth passage. And Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he says this. Humankind is like a fisherman, like a wise fisherman. Humankind is like a wise fisherman who cast his net into the sea and drew it up from a sea full of little fish. Among the fish, so the fisherman throws out his net, he pulls up all these little fish. He says, humankind is just like this. But among the little fish that were flapping around in his net, he found a fine large fish. And he threw all the little fish back into the sea and easily chose the large fish. Whoever has ears to hear should hear. As a tech person, I always marvel at how little people know about their devices. Some people don't use them to their fullest potential. In fact, we're likely paying a premium for technology that you really don't even need. I've heard that the technology we have in our current phones is more powerful than the computers we had that sent ships and rockets into space over 20, 30 years ago. Many of us go to the Apple store. We go there regularly, not just to buy phones and tech, but we also go for the Genius Bar, the customer service help. We go wanting to learn more about how our devices work how we can enhance, enhance our, our pictures, how we can use FaceTime or Zoom to work remotely, or how to use certain programs and applications. You go in or you call and ask for help, and they're usually pretty good about breaking it down for us. That is what Jesus did for humanity. He comes to tell us that there's more to our lives than just our body. There's more tech inside of us, and we do need it. He shows us a full picture of humanity and does so as one who remembers where he came from and as one who knows exactly to where he is returning. He knows what humanity is, what it's all about. Just like the Apple tech person knows all the features of your device, Jesus knows all of the features of God's creation. He tells his disciple, that's what humanity is. It's just like a wise fisherman who cast his net into the sea and drew it up. And what did he catch? A bunch of little fish. And when he looked into his net and saw those little fish, among them he found a fine large fish. He threw all the little fish back into the sea and kept that big find one for himself listen if you're watching say it with me it'll help you follow along humankind is like a fisherman humankind is like a fisherman who cast his net into the sea and drew it up from the sea 
full of little fish. Jesus' real meaning, right? He tells you at the end of the parable. If you have ears, he says that in our Gospels too. If you have ears, can you use them? Is he talking about these ears? Obviously you heard them. He's talking about your spiritual ears. The ones in your mind. And Jesus' real meaning, what he really wants us to hear in this parable, is that all of us are like those little fish. Like those little fish in the sea that the fisherman pulled out, of his, pulled out in his net. But among the little fish, among the little fish, he found a large one. And what happens to the big fish? It gets pulled out and separated. It has been chosen by the fishermen. And what happens to the little fish? They all get tossed back into the sea. Ever the parable sayer, the riddler, Jesus tells us a story about human development. Obviously not just talking about fish. Jesus tells us a story about human development, and he says that humanity is like a bunch of undeveloped little fish who must stay where they are. They aren't ready to be pulled out. He tells us that in order to be chosen, we have to develop and grow into something complete, just like that mature, fine, and large fish who grew up among all the other fish, it had fully developed. And upon doing so, it had been selected for advancement. Oh, Sean, I don't believe in stages. I don't believe in the next, the next stage of life. You've already been through so many stages. <laughs> the baby and toddler years. Do you even remember when you were a baby? The only reason you believe that you're a baby is because somebody showed you a picture. You completely forgot, but it happened, and it was a vital stage in your life. Do you remember your toddler years? Probably not. But did you go through it? Yes. The adolescent years, the teenage years, you see what starts happening through this process? You start waking up to who? To yourself. Because you start discovering yourself in the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s, and to midlife. And we all think that it's going to end once we become seniors. All our lives we have been working through stages. And Jesus came to tell us that this is just one stage that takes us to the next. Successful advancement requires us to develop maturely so that we can move healthily through the phases of life. Jesus tells us here that death is not the last stage of human development, but rather it's a type of birth into the next stage. And getting there depends on our maturity. Otherwise, we're tossed back into the previous stage until we're ready. This is why Paul in the, first, in the letter to the 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, 24 through 27, Paul absolutely read uh, or, or knew about the teachings in the Gospel of Thomas. It says this, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? 
but only one gets the prize. So run to win. He says all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it, us believers, we do it for an eternal prize. People work so hard for their hedge fund, for trophies, for all of these things, and they lose them. Jesus is coming to give us something that will last forever, the promise of eternal life. And so Paul writes, I run my life with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That is the work that the church needs to stress more than anything. Spiritual growth and development. This is the work that Jesus came to do. He came and told us that we must become whole while living on this earth. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior is one thing. But to become a disciple... To become like Christ, we are asked to grow into that likeness, not simply worship Christ's achievement. Why is there good and evil in this world? It's because we're the ones running it. We are humankind, all acting as little fish. When Jesus is calling us to become big fish, Fish who will eventually be scooped up to live in a kingdom we are ready for. That is the prize for maturity Paul was referring to in his parable. And the Bible is emphatically clear. Some people might not like this. You will get what you deserve. If you're willing to do the work to grow spiritual, to grow spiritually, you will get that great reward. So let me end by just reminding us all, and I've had to remind myself of this, that the church is not just some place to come hear sermons. It's not just a place to act out rituals rather than grow into them. It's not just a place of tradition. But most importantly, it's a place of transformation. In this season of Lent, We see Christ suffering for 40 days and we're encouraged to participate. What did Christ do in that desert? Out in the wilderness. He faced those parts of himself that every powerful and influential person, which Jesus would become, must cleanse out of themselves. He learned to hold God's hand and not push it away. He learned to do what he believed was right even when his flesh wanted to do the wrong thing. Jesus went through a process of reminding himself that humankind is one stage of growth for us. That's why he wasn't afraid of death. He knew that this was a place where we work through our issues rather than simply repress them. For me, this is the power of the gospel. It's the story about how little fish... Remember... What's one of the symbols of Christianity? A fish. What did Jesus tell his disciples that they would become? 
fishers of people. See how this all ties in? And that's the power of the gospel. The story of little fish becoming big fish. How my outward body, this physical form, is really a tool for learning how to become a child of light. One who does good, one who is selfless, generous, kind, loving, faithful, forgiving, persistent, and self-controlled, all those fruits of the Spirit. Not as one forced to do those things. When I was little, you'd have to force me to read a book because I didn't understand. Now I love to read books. That's how God wants us to grow into trees or into people that bear those fruits that we talk about. It is clear that becoming such a person is hard work, but it's worthy work. Work that will never fail you and has the power to transform you. Each day I meditate and I reflect on my life, my mistakes, my successes, my thoughts, my actions, and I ask the Holy Spirit myself to show me how I can be made whole. I seek the wisdom of the ancients found in these books and see if they have provided guideposts that might point me in the right direction and so that when I knock, the door to the kingdom of heaven is open to me. Max and I love our work and know the power it has to transform our lives because we don't just want to preach sermons that sound nice. We ourselves are participants, dedicated users who want to help you on your spiritual journey towards transformation. Feel free to reach out and seek our guidance and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll help you understand some texts. We'll remind you to reach out to the Holy Spirit yourself, our great mother, who along with the great father want us to become fully mature, ready to be born again, ready to graduate from this stage onto the next. This week, I encourage you to go buy your own copy of the Gospel of Thomas, or you can buy this. It makes you look smart because it's so huge. But you can buy your own copy of the Gospel of Thomas and read through it. Its wisdom is sacred and useful for spiritual development. Put into practice, you won't need me or anybody else to tell you. You won't need somebody's testimony. Because the only one you'll need and the only one you will experience is your very own.